Welcome back for day two of this week. We're going to look at Psalm 7 today. And let me begin with the title of Psalm 7. It begins by saying, A Shigeon of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning Cush, a Benjamite. So there's some questions as you see that title. First, what's a, what's a Shigeon? What does that mean? Well, we're not exactly sure. These are uh, many times musical terms that are used in Psalms at the beginning to express how it should be sung. But most likely, this means a deep emotional expression. So there's something emotional, there's something deep about this psalm. And then it's, it's something that he's saying concerning Cush, a Benjamite. We're not exactly sure who Cush was, but there is some evidence in, in history and in Christian teachers that this, is, this was a person, a man, who told lies about David, told lies to Saul specifically, lies that ruined David's life. Lies that made Saul believe that David was against him when he was not against him. So this is a psalm, seeing that as the beginning point, this is a psalm that's about how to take refuge in God. When you're feeling chased down, especially when you're feeling chased down by the words of others, why do they believe those things about me? If you've ever had that happen to you, if you're having that happen to you right now, this is a psalm about what you do when you feel like the words of others are against you. As you look through what David did, and he had to face this many times in his life, he teaches you and I what we can do. First, he says, here's what you do. You recognize that God is the only one who can rescue you. Psalm 7, verses 1 and 2. O Lord my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me, or they will tear me like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue me. He's saying, without you, God, I'm going to be torn apart by these words torn apart by this battle. Now, depending on the circumstances that you're facing, when somebody says something against you, you may or may not need to say something in response to those who are speaking against you. Sometimes it's important to tell the truth. Other times it's important to be silent. You need to ask for God's wisdom in that. But I'm telling you that whether you speak or are silent, your rescue is not gonna come through your words. We, we think, if I could just say the right thing, then all of this would turn around but your words can't change someone's heart who's already attacking you. They're attacking you. They've already settled their heart in the wrong direction. In fact, your words often make them want to attack all the more, especially if you're right, especially if you're clearly right. It just makes them mad and they attack all the more. So your rescue is not in your words or your arguments. Don't depend on them. Even if you have to say the truth to some people, don't depend on that to turn things around. Your rescue is in God alone. And when people see you putting your confidence in him, that quiet confidence that doesn't have to speak, that's gonna speak louder than any words. So recognize that God alone is the one who can rescue you when others are attacking you with their words. Second, David reminds us here, recognize your own need for judgment. As you talk to God about those who are attacking you, talk to God as one who needs to be judged, not as the one who does the judging. David does this. In verse three, O Lord my God, if I have done this and there is guilt on my hands, if I have done evil to him him who is at peace with me or without cause have robbed my foe, then let my enemy pursue and overtake me. Let him trample my life to the ground and make me sleep in the dust, Salah. David is saying, in essence, in these words, that he didn't do these things. But, If he somehow missed it, if he really did do these things, then he's willing to take the punishment for it. 
He's dramatically stating that he's willing to face the consequences if he's been wrong. And in saying that, he's saying, I'm one who's being judged. I'm not the judge. God, you're the judge. When someone is judging you, judging you with their words, it's very easy to want to judge them back. Instead, it's an important time to remember that we are all subject to the judgment of God. Don't fall into the trap of trying to judge them back. Then you're flinging words back and forth at each other. Just, God, I'm judged. They're judged. I'm putting myself before your judgment in this moment, even as they need to put themselves before your judgment. Recognize yourself as someone who needs to be judged, not who's doing the judging. That's what you do when someone's attacking you with their words. And then number three, you recognize that God's judgment is final, not man's. Whatever somebody's saying about you, that's not the final judgment. That's not even the final, that's not even close to the final judgment. God's judgment is final. In verse six, arise, O Lord, in your anger. Rise up against the rage of my enemies. Awake, my God, decree justice. And God will in the end. In these verses, David talks about God judging the peoples. And he also says, God, I need you to judge me according to your righteousness. And in verses 11 to 13, he says, God is a righteous judge a God who expresses his wrath every day. If he does not relent, he will sharpen his sword. He will bend and string his bow. He has prepared his deadly weapons. He makes ready his flaming arrows. God's judgment is final and it will come against evil. We spend so much time thinking about the evil things, the wrong things, the cruel things that people say about us. And we spend far too little time thinking about the fact that we will all someday stand before the judgment of God. Now, yes, as believers, as followers of Christ, we will stand as forgiven because of Christ. But that doesn't mean you lose sight of the fact that God is the ultimate judge and not man. If you think of man as the ultimate judge, you have to fight those words. If you think of God as the ultimate judge, then you can recognize that God is someday going to settle those words. He's going to settle your case. If you listen too much to the words of man, you end up with what the Bible calls the fear of man. But instead, we're to live in the fear, the reverence of God. Jesus had something to say about this. It's pretty shocking. Matthew 10, 28, Jesus said, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. He's in essence reflecting what we've just read in these verses from David. We should be awestruck before God and his power. And when you are, it minimizes, it diminishes the power of those words that somebody is trying to speak against you. So recognize that God's judgment is final, not man's, not what they're saying against you. I know it hurts in the moment. I know you're being hurt by what they said possibly in the moment, but it is not the end of the story. And God's justice will prevail. So that's the fourth point. Fourth thing we learn from David in this psalm, recognize the inevitable end of evil, of someone who speaks lies, who speaks against you. We reap what we sow. If you sow good seed, you're going to reap a good crop in the end. Not immediately, but in the end. And if you sow seeds of evil, if you sow seeds of lies, you're going to reap evil in the end. You're going to reap lies in the end. Verses 14 to 16. He who is pregnant with evil and conceives trouble gives birth to disillusionment, to lies. He who digs a hole and scoops it out falls into the pit that he's made. The trouble he causes recoils on himself. His violence comes down on his own head. 
It's tempting to think that those who are attacking you right now are somehow winning. But the evil that they are doing against you, it's going to come back against them. The, the lies that they're telling, it's going to give birth to lies in their own heart and disillusionment in their own lives. The hole that they're digging by telling lies about you, cruel things about you, they're going to fall into that hole someday. And the recoil that's going to hit them is going to be worse than the bullets that they're trying to fire at you right now. That's the truth of the scripture. That's the truth of God's justice that you can count on in the end. Now, there's one final thing that we have to add. The last verse Verse 17 reminds us of what to do in the face of people speaking evil against us. I will give thanks to the Lord, verse 17 says, because of his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. So the fifth thing you do is you let your words be words of thanks and praise. Satan would love nothing more than to turn the negative words that people are speaking against you into negative words coming out of your own mouth, to turn their lies into lies coming out of your mouth to turn their bitterness into bitterness coming out of your mouth. Resist that. Instead, choose praise. Instead, choose to give thanks. You're battling against Satan, and you're also battling against those words that others are speaking against you when you do that. Let your words be words of thanks and praise. So let's end with that. Let's pray together. And Lord, we choose to end with these words of thanks and praise. You know how it hurts when people speak evil against us. But we thank you that you don't speak evil against us, that you speak the goodness of your grace into our lives. We praise you that you're not working against us, you are working for us. And even if 10,000 come against us, millions come against us, you, the most powerful, the one who will end the story, you are the one who will have the final word, you are for us. And so we stand on that right now. We stand in that place of praise, and thankfulness. And we ask that instead of turning to lies and bitterness ourselves, you keep our hearts full of praise, full of thankfulness for who you are. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to look at Psalm 8, how majestic is God's name in all the earth. 